Welcome to the Wrap Yourself in Joy podcast. I'm Karen Dwyer, speaker, teacher, and author of four books on joy. If you're searching for more joy in your life, join me for about 15 minutes every week. It could change your life. My newest and fifth series, Joyful and Battle Ready, is based on my book, Wrap Yourself in Joy, Find the Joy and Fight the Fear, and it has an imprimatur. Today, I'm inviting you to join a Cup of Joy women's group. They meet over coffee each week to go through the study questions. For more information, go to wrapyourselfinjoy.com and look for Cup of Joy Women. The podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Hello, welcome to Wrap Yourself in Joy. I'm Karen Dwyer, and you're listening to my fifth season podcast series called Joyful and Battle Ready. It follows the second part of my book, Wrap Yourself in Joy. Every week, we will cover how to welcome more joy and put on the armor of God. So the second podcast in the series is called Drenched with Joy and Armored in Truth. Today, we define joy and we realize we can be drenched in joy. Last week, I read a letter that said I could find joy if I bought a particular insurance policy. Well, this isn't unusual. I often find advertisers attempting to sell items by connecting them with joy, including vacuum cleaners, new cars, coffee, and even fast foods. You see, we are made for joy, as St. Pope John Paul II told us. The advertising agencies know people are looking for more of it, so they try to connect their products to joy. Last week, we learned that Jesus is joy. He has joy, and He has complete joy for each of us. God the Father has joy and pleasures for us, and the Holy Spirit produces joy in our lives. So, how do we get more joy? I want you to imagine this. You're holding up a teaspoon, just a teaspoon, to God the Father, and you're asking Him to fill it with joy. Well, how much joy can you catch? A teaspoonful, right? Well, in some ways, we do just that. We hold up our little teaspoons to catch just a tiny amount of love and joy from the Heavenly Father. Monsignor John Essef of Scranton, Pennsylvania, often develops this principle while leading retreats. He says that many times we come to our Heavenly Father, who is a Niagara Falls of joy, and we hold out only a teaspoon to catch it, when in fact, God desires to give us waterfalls of His love and joy. So what does this mean? We have to increase our capacity to receive more love and joy. No more teaspoonfuls. To experience a greater capacity for joy, we have to start by asking for it. But let's also try to define what true joy really is. You know, most common dictionaries define joy as feelings of success or well-being or good fortune. The modern Catholic dictionary says, True joy may affect the human spirit, and we may feel it in our bodies. It's possessed by angels and human beings, and its source is rational will. Pope Francis says, what is joy? Is it to be happy? No, he says it's not the same. To be happy is good, but joy is something more, something that does not depend on external motivations. 
It's a gift from the Lord. He says, it's the identification card of a Christian. It's the joy of the gospel, the joy of having been elected by Jesus, saved by Jesus, regenerated or made new by Jesus. It's the joy of the hope that Jesus is waiting for us. The joy that even in the crosses and the sufferings of this life, when it's expressed in a different way, it's having peace in the certainty that Jesus accompanies us, that he is with us. After searching out many definitions for joy, especially based on the teachings of our last three popes, I offer you a definition for true joy. It's from my book, Wrap Yourself in Joy. Notice the definition involves mind, soul, body, and spirit, plus it's Trinitarian. Joy is a sure and certain confidence that God loves me, forgives me, saves me, and is restoring me. That's your mind. Joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I experience when I delight in Jesus, His Word, His forgiveness his nearness, and his help in all things. That's an emotion, the delight. And for our bodies, joy can be expressed in jubilation, exultant praise, reverent worship, elated thanksgiving, gladness, stillness, peaceful contentment, and more, all while resting in God, who has everything under control. We have to tell ourselves the truth of the gospel, the truth of the scripture, the truth of our faith, because the secular world will tell us we don't measure up. I also think it's helpful if you try out this five-minute daily prayer that I call the More Joy Prayer Guide. It's just a way of helping you enter into more personal prayer around joy. Number one, ask God to increase your capacity to receive joy from Him. So just pause for a minute and say, Jesus, increase my capacity to receive joy from you. And two, receive God's love and joy. So prayerfully put yourself in the presence of Jesus. And again, for another minute or so, or longer, just open your arms and say, I receive your love and joy. Even if you don't feel anything at first, you will as time goes along. Three, thank Jesus for the joy rays he sends daily. I call it joy rays because he sends you joys every day, and sometimes we miss them, but joy rays are like the sun's rays. They're there even in cloudy times. So thank the Lord every day for the joys he sends your way. You'll be surprised that when you start noticing them, more and more will pop up. So thank the Lord. And last of all, praise the Lord, especially with Scripture. Listen to the Word speak to you as you read a daily reading. I suggest a psalm, and I really like reading Psalm 150 out loud. So you're going to ask, you're going to receive, you're going to thank, and you're going to pray and praise with Scripture. So now we have to move on to warfare. Yes, we're in a war. Our last podcast reminded us that a Christian life is a continuous battle, a military endeavor. That's what Pope Francis calls it. He said, no spiritual life, no Christian life is 
possible without resisting temptations, without putting on God's armor, which gives us strength and protects us. So we turn to Ephesians 6, 10 through 14. I hope you had a chance to memorize it and pray with it, because we must be strong in the Lord and the strength of His power and stand firm. Today, we will learn to tackle spiritual warfare by putting on a spiritual wardrobe called the armor of God. So let's read Ephesians 6, 14 through 17. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, which which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Those beautiful words of Ephesians 6 were written when Roman soldiers and guards surrounded Paul in prison. It's likely he was inspired by the Holy Spirit as he looked at the physical armor of the Roman soldiers. It included a helmet to protect their heads and necks, a breastplate to protect their hearts and vital organs, a shield for defense against the enemy's flaming arrows, a belt to protect the core and hold the weapons, a sword as an offensive and defensive weapon for battle, and studded shoes to stand firm and not lose their balance. So today, we focus on the belt of truth. When you envision the belt, in some translations it's called a girdle, what comes to mind? My first thought went to weightlifters or those who need a strong belt to help hold their core in place and to bear some weight. To fasten the belt of truth literally means to girdle or girt your loins. Thus, the belt for a soldier served as a girdle to support his core or loins and stabilize his weapons. When soldiers would run, they would gird up their tunics into their belt to avoid falling. The girdle or belt could be made of leather, but for actual battle, it was made of iron and it could weigh close to 70 pounds. The belt was important because it held up everything. It was a foundational piece. In John 18, 37 through 38, Jesus responded to a question posed by Pontius Pilate on the morning of his arrest. First, he said, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Pilate answered, what is truth? In John 14, 6, Jesus gave us the definition for truth. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Therefore, when Paul tells us to put on the belt of truth, he is telling us to take as our core Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. He is the way, the truth, and the life, the way to eternal life now and forever. Jesus died for our sins and the sins of the world. We can trust Jesus, and He wants a personal relationship with each of us. He is our solid foundation. He is truth. 
and we must choose to follow him. Father Vincent P. Lampert, in his book, Exorcism, The Battle Against Satan and His Demons, tells us this. The devil's ultimate goal is to fracture our prayer life, faith life, moral life, sacramental life and our relationships with one another in such a way that we are pulled further and further away from God. And the further we are removed from God, the more we lose our sense of identity. So run to Jesus. He's our truth. Let Him lead you. The devil's favorite lives are targeted at your joy, your identity, and your happiness as a Christian. He's going to whisper, lies into your ears. As mentioned in our last podcast related to the four categories of the wiles of the devil from Father Camelli, I want to highlight just a couple of them. Deception. The devil's going to target your identity and whisper, God doesn't love you. You could never be his son or his daughter. You are too unworthy. Diversion. The devil targets your prayer life. The devil whispers, God doesn't hear your prayers. So pursue a partying lifestyle. Spend more time on the internet, texting and watching media. Why not skip church, praying and reading the Bible? Discouragement. The devil tells you the what-ifs to make you feel anxious and fearful. What if you lose all your money? What if your family falls away? What if everything goes bad? God doesn't care for you or meet your needs. Whoa, what a liar he is! Don't believe him. All right, it's time to conclude our journey for today. So what can we do to put the truth, which is Jesus, and protect ourselves from those lies? I say, girdle up with the truth. Paul says, put on the belt of truth. Make Jesus your core. Do not give in to deception, diversion, discouragement, or division. Instead, focus on filling your mind with the truth of God and His Word. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, consecrate them in the truth. Your word, God's word, is truth. So here are a few truths to tell yourself, even to declare aloud. For deception, the evil one goes after your identity. The truth is, I am a daughter or son of God. God knows me and God loves me. Romans 8, 15, for example, says, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption. And we cry, Abba, Father, for diversion, especially lies like God doesn't hear my prayers. The truth, my prayers are powerful and effective, and nothing can separate me from the love of God. He hears and He is answering. James 5.16 says this, the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. For discouragement, lies like you are fearful. You have to be fearful. God can't meet your needs. The truth is, the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I can understand His Word, and I reserve time to pray and read Scripture daily. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice or fear, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. We've come to the end of our podcast for today. I want you to know I'm so happy you've joined this podcast series. 
You can find all my podcasts and bookmarks on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com. You can also register there to start a study group called Cup of Joy Women. Just one hour a week is all it takes. And I will send you materials every week to accompany each podcast. It's free when you sign up to host two or more women. Until next week, I'm praying for you that you will grow in joy and confidently wear the belt of truth around your core every day as we study together. Thanks for joining me today. Please visit me on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, where you can learn more about my books, download free bookmarks, and connect with me. Please follow me on your favorite podcast app and invite a friend to join you too. You can download the show notes from today at wrapyourselfenjoypodcast.com. Until next week, this is your friend, Karen Dwyer, reminding you to wrap yourself in joy. Mm -hmm.